Our guest this evening is my good friend, Catherine Whitaker. She is a Catholic author, blogger, speaker, and freelance graphic designer. She is proudly a sixth-generation Texan, as you might be able to tell in just a minute, and a convert to Catholicism. Since 2007, she has shared on her blog with her trademark sass and authenticity what it's like juggling a raucous Catholic family of eight, her freelance graphic design business, and her obsession with Dr. Pepper. She joins us tonight to discuss her new book, Live big love bigger getting real with barbecue sweet tea and a whole lot of jesus welcome to the bust a halo show Catherine whitaker howdy howdy you knew i was gonna start with that hey y'all yeah hey y'all uh she's just so fun i love Catherine. <laughs> yeah because <laughs> here's the thing I, I feel like i know her so well because every day when i uh start my day open up my iphone check on the instagram Catherine rarely goes a day Without the Instagram, but good stuff. Some people put stuff up there all the time. Some people do <laughs> just to do it. Just to do it. Of Always good, good stuff. When did you uh, When did you realize that that was kind of like a thing? A that you liked, and B that it honestly is because I think you do this very well. A great way to connect with people, connect God with people. I don't know. I guess I just started just, talking, just, and people were like, "That's cool. That's cool." So I just keep doing it. Yeah, because you do. It's like a little video. You talking in the my closet into the camera. Yeah, yeah I was well, gonna. Yeah, I was going to tell you that, you know, if Catherine, if she's got six kids and a husband and they're in a house, they're not in a mansion with 82 rooms, like they're in a regular house. And so when she needs a little quiet time to talk to the people on Instagram, it's often in her walk-in closet. But do they know that? Yeah, oh, sure. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, they oh, yeah. do. Oh, you oh, can yeah. tell. Like, where'd mom go? And they're like, and you're oh, like no, my everyone kids... be quiet. I'm looking at shoes in here. <laughs> I got seven pairs of shoes. There's nothing exciting. <laughs> <laughs> One a day. What, what kind of shoes you got on right here? I got some good shoes Ooh. on. These, I know, it's too bad you can't see it on the radio. These are on the cover of the book. These are her cowboy boots. And they're made by who? Jimmy Choo? <laughs> What's his name? Old Gringo. These are Old Gringo. They're not Lou Casey. Luke Casey. That's who you kept telling no, me. No, Lou Casey. Lou Casey. <laughs> Luke Casey. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like him. an actor. No. <laughs> she was the only one in the guest waiting room when I went to, to get her. And she goes, how'd you know it was me? It's like big cowboy, cowboy boots. Cowboy boots. Like, we knew you from the cowboy the boots. the only one here right now. <laughs> So you've been you've been blogging for a long time, and uh, you have a great fan base on social media. But you were prompted to write the book. I think I would say, let me describe, because you did ask me to describe something about the book as I wrote the forward. Um, just based on how God very powerfully acted in the lives of your family at a time that a lot of people would consider darkness and tragedy. I mean, that's a lot of the book centers around something that a lot of people would struggle with. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it was the hardest, deepest, darkest valley of our life. And, and what was that? So our fifth kiddo was born premature. So 20-week ultrasound looked normal, and then it wasn't normal. And we left with things like echogenic bowel and chromosomal abnormalities. Whoa, okay. Yeah, not good. And then at 36 weeks, he stopped growing. So the doctor said we need to get him out. And, and that's about three weeks early? Uh, it's four weeks. Okay, okay. So, But he was only three pounds at birth. So he was about the size of a 32-weeker, so that'd be like eight weeks early. Wow. Yeah. So we deliver him, and everything's good. They put him in what they call the feeder-grower area of the NICU. So it's like the neonatal intensive care unit. So they just feed them, they grow, and you blow out of there in a few days. And then on day nine, Luke got necrotizing intercolitis. So it was an illness that— What? The what now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Layman's terms— it ate away at his bowel. And wow. when, when it eats away at your bowel, it doesn't come back. And then he coded and we had to resuscitate. Co coded? Stopped breathing. Oh my gosh. Just had to resuscitate him. At how old? Nine days. Nine days old. And, less, and at that point, less than three pounds. Wow. 
took him to the hospital, and he, oh, he was at home already. No, 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 oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, no. Oh. took him to the other hospital. The other could, hospital, they could do okay. <laughs> the fancy hospital where they could do surgery, and yeah. yeah, two in ten chance of surviving that surgery. Two in ten. Two in ten. But the good news is, can I tell you the good news? Please, 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 please. So um, last week he turned ten. Wow. So survived the surgery. Wow. He's kind of a like whatever the one or two percent chance is. That's Luke. Wow. He likes to stunt people. But I mean, over the course of the first seven years of his life, he had five, no, seven surgeries and about 15 specialists. And we went through the ringer with him. Wow. So he was like our um, earthquake, you know? <laughs> we had the white picket fence laugh, and then God was like, and here's Luke. Well, and, and in addition to white picket fence, I think you would describe yourself up until that point as a faithful person. You converted to Catholicism. I did. Or, or around the time you got married. Right around that time. Right around that time. <laughs> right around, right around that. that time. And you'd already had four kids, a big happy family. This was number five. And in the book, you describe yourself as, I thought I was I was doing the Christian thing. I was praying to God. Yeah. I thought I was a good Catholic. And then this thing. And it kind of turns your whole life upside down. And I think introduces a whole new relationship with God in a different way, right? Well, yeah, because I was real Southern with God because I was like, yes, What do you mean Southern? Yes, sir. No, sir. Like we had this really polite, like kind relationship with each other. A kind one? K-I-N-D. <laughs> He's not going to stop. So. I know. I know. We've already been at this all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fun for everyone. <laughs> Hopefully you as well. It's fine. He, he talks funny too. So. <laughs> I was hoping you I've been hearing people say Long Island all day. I don't even know how y'all say that. But anyway. <laughs> Long Island. Long Island. Yeah, I can't say that. It doesn't sound the same. But anyway, so he. Um, you and God. Very Yeah, I mean, respectful. we were like super respectful. And then he gave us Luke and I finally told him how I really felt, which was I was really ticked off. Yeah. And this was ridiculous. And he had the wrong family and I couldn't do it. Yeah. And we did it anyway. And you would also describe yourself, both prior to and after, as someone who likes to be in control of things? Perhaps. <laughs> I mean, it's the, like if I can control like the Legos or the order of the spice racks in alphabetical order, like those are things that I can, I know. When, Brett, when, Brett's already looking at me. There? When you say control the Legos, she means she's got, like she got sick kids. She's got tubs of oh, different color-coded Legos. I thought Legos. it was kind of like, view kids out of the way, like I'm making the spaceship right now. <laughs> like you guys haven't gotten it right in seven Christmases. It's mom's turn. Lord, no. You don't yeah. want me near a Lego. I'm not an engineer. But no, the Legos I could like organize. I can organize like I love they work on it for a while and then it's just back into the tubs of red, green. So what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So I, those things I could control, but I could not control what was happening with Luke. And yeah. that was hard. That was really hard for me. Yeah. And where we talk about frequently in the Christian life that we're supposed to be dependent on God, reliant on God. I find th that many times, unless something like this happens, that tends to be more of a concept or lip service. And that mo most of us, at least probably people listening to this show, people who can afford satellite radio, et cetera, not, not everybody. Obviously, we all have different situations in our lives, and certainly many listening right now have had tragedy and whatnot. But many times we're, we're not as dependent and relied on God as certainly people in the time of Jesus, many people around the planet who have nothing compared to what we have. So I think a lot of times we use that as a as a phrase and a concept, but it's something like that event in your life, uh, medical tragedy and trauma with a, a barely you know a couple of weeks old little guy that that turns the corner on that, and, yeah. and that helps us or forces us rather 
to let go of control, which most of us would rather have. Well, yeah. I mean, when yeah. you're sitting at the bedside begging God to give you a miracle, I mean, then you finally get it. Or at least I did. That's when I finally got it. I was like, okay, so clearly I'm not in control here. And I'm either going to have to surrender it all to him or I'm going to be in the crazy house. And <laughs> I finally looked at him and I said, okay, so if this is how it's going to be, then you need to put on your boots and we need to like do this together because I can't do it by myself. And we got to, we got to figure out how to work together here. Like if you want me to really be a disciple and really follow you, then show me that you love me, show mm -hmm. me that you're not going to abandon us and walk us through it. And he sent us beautiful people in our lives. And that was beautiful people as in we had some beautiful Dominican sisters who rolled in the door every time I asked God for some help. They would walk in the door. I know he's pretty fancy that way. God is. and Yeah, God is. Yeah. And I mean, we had friends from church, friends from our neighborhood, people that weren't Catholic, people that just loved our family and people that didn't know our family but heard our story and could identify with it. And I think it showed me that when someone is in a bad spot and you've been there, it's then your turn to show up. So being the recipients of all that grace then allowed us to do the same for other people down the road. We're talking with Catherine Whitaker. Her brand new book is Live Big, Love Bigger, Getting Real with Barbecue, Sweet Tea, and a Whole Lot of Jesus. Forward by Father Dave Dwyer, CSP. That's you. Uh -huh. In case people are just tuning in for the first time. They're it's, like, why is he saying it like that? It's very much a book, I would say, about your family, but about family. I mean, that that's what I got. I mean, a lot of it is you telling your story and about your relationship with God, and Luke centers prominently in it, who's now uh, just turned 10. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I couldn't, what I wrote in the forward is that our concept of the Holy Family, when we think of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, um, that typically, even when we celebrate that feast day of the Holy Family after Christmas, we tend to, in our heads, transpose the the phrase that it's like this perfect family or this, you know, they all have their little sainthood, little halos on. And yet even the fact, in fact, the very reading that the church gives us on the Feast of the Holy Family is Joseph and Mary losing Jesus in the temple. To me, indicating that holy doesn't mean some sort of platonic ideal or airbrushed, retouched family, that holy families have a lot going on. Well, I mean, if we were all, if that was the ideal, then none of us would be holy. I mean, right. it's all a process. So, right. gosh, the whole goal is to get people to heaven and our family. And it's really messy at our house. <laughs> I mean, no one's perfect. And we just are doing the best that we can. I mean, I think that our kids are probably just like everybody else's. They yell at each other. They don't cook dinner. They crap about folding the laundry but through all that we tried to give them opportunities to encounter jesus and so it's in family life that we hopefully get them to heaven well and so when uh, luke was born your fifth premature and that's when a lot of the a lot of this the wrinkles started to come in it wasn't the white picket fence it wasn't quote unquote perfect anymore you already had four kids how did this affect family your well, husband your other four kids i mean well i mean it almost devastated our marriage it put us in really put us in marriage counseling. Wow. Um, with the other kids, I mean, our oldest at the time was eight. So we had five kids under eight. So he was probably the oldest one to really kind of know what was going on. It wasn't until Luke was maybe four that the middle kids started exhibiting like signs of PTSD. So oh, wow. got them in counseling because oh, really? traumatic wow. events when you're about five 
are really traumatic for you. And that's mm-hmm. about how old they were when Luke was born. So it took us a while, like the reverberations of Luke's birth and all the craziness that went along with it didn't just like happen during the 44 day NICU stay. And then we came home and hey, everything's great. You know, it took us a while to kind of walk sure. through that. So we're figuring it out. But yeah. he's he's pretty cool. I mean, you've met him. He's a pretty, he's pretty well, feisty, cool kid. He is a feisty, cool kid. And now that Catherine is on a book tour with this book, what I asked her today is, I mean, a, Luke centers fairly prominently throughout the, the book. And he's he's 10 years old. And uh, I, asked, I asked her, well, does he kind of know that the book's about him? And you said, well, he knows that he's in it more than the others. Yes. <laughs> he tells people, I'll sign your book. So, so he actually, on the book tour, he signs the <laughs> yeah, books? Yeah, the last weekend, he was signing people's books like he was a celebrity. <laughs> he it was like awesome. cuts in front of you. I, I got this. He's yeah. like, Mom, I'm going to sign above your name. I'm like, you go right ahead, man. Knock <laughs> yourself out. <laughs> but this is also a family that, uh, you know, goes on barbecue pilgrimages together. That's, that's what the title refers to, barbecue pilgrimages. Because we're from Texas. Why would you not? <laughs> it's like a rule. And when you say that, do you mean like, Memphis saucy ribs. No, Father Dave. She just too gave, bad. She, she just gave the me lip. the look. She's dropped her eyebrows on you right there. How dare you, sir? No, it's like Texas barbecue. Texas barbecue. Brisket, beans, sausage. Those are the things. That's the things. Uh-huh. So yeah, uh-huh. we decided to hit the top 50 in the whole state. The top 50? Yes. And you went to how many? 50. 50? Actually, <laughs> no, now we've been to the next, they have another list, and yeah. we've been to about 65 of the 75. With everybody? You bring the whole family? The whole crew. And how much time? <laughs> a, ri- a ridiculous amount of time. Okay. Well, well I thought you time. meant like two a day or something. I'd well, be full. There I... was one day that we did four. Well, <laughs> come on. That's crazy talk. She's taken me to two or three yeah, in a day. Yeah, we took Father David to two. But he's different. I'm, trying to talk, I'm talking about a normal person with a normal appetite going to these meals that you're talking about. So let me about. bring it. So it took us 10 months, 2,000 miles, a minivan. You mean the minivan died? And then the minivan right, <laughs> gave right. up the ghost. The, the, right. Even the minivan couldn't <laughs> handle it. You got to slow down. So after the 50, the minivan was like, and we're done. You're you got get beans in every meal. The minivan was probably uh, <laughs> full of something. I do, that. I do have some boys. Yeah. <laughs> some <laughs> windows boys. down, everybody. That's two barbecues in one day. All right. We're, how about this? We'll take a little break. We're going to come back and talk uh, about, I think, something that a lot of people can relate to. You are a mom of six. And uh, in this day and age, not a lot of families have six. You also are a fairly new mom of a off to college. First one's off to college. Yes. So if you would like to chat with Catherine, if you're a big fan of Catherine Whitaker, maybe you follow her at Catherine Whitaker. Something, something. K Whitaker. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put a link on our radio blog <laughs> so people can find it. <laughs> I just like to say at Catherine Whitaker. That sounds, that sounds cool. It sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds cool. But it's not her. It's actually. not right. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it right. Sounds cool. So give us a call 888-3228-465. Doesn't have to be fatherly fatherly advice, but if you're wondering, you know, I'm wondering, should I have a couple more kids? We'll also talk when we come back about the fact that after Luke was born, and that was, as you said, PTSD, and uh, he had a 2 in 10 chance of surviving, you had another child after that. And what was the reaction to that? So 888-3228-465. Give us a call with your questions for Catherine about parenting, because I don't I don't know nothing about birth no babies. <laughs> Gone with the wind, because she's Southern. Wow. Yeah. I really like the impact you're having on Father <laughs> Dave. Maybe I'll just come back. What do you mean? I said, no, I said, maybe I'll just come back and maybe like between Brett and I and Christina, we can like keep you 
together. You'll be like a co-host? No. <laughs> no, she's like, no. Color commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 